Welcome to the Here and Now Motherhood podcast. Here and Now Motherhood is a nonprofit designed to support moms in their transition into motherhood. I'm your host, Nicole Hunt. Today we're going to be talking about another archetype to help us understand ourselves during matrescence and that identity shift that happens. So today's episode is one of my favorites. We're going to be talking about Artemis. In our last episode, we talked about Demeter and how some women tend to fall into orphan patterns. And I've found that when we try our hardest to get out of that orphan pattern, we can find ourselves in the warrior archetype, which is uh, why we're going to be talking about Artemis today. So before we dive in, let's take a quick break. Okay, so let's dive into Artemis. One of my favorite books about this archetype is called Artemis, the Indomitable Spirit in Every Woman by Jean Shinoda Bolin, MD, and I highly recommend it. So if you like this um, episode today, I definitely recommend uh, looking into this book. So Artemis is often seen as a warrior archetype. Uh, She's kind of like Katniss in the Hunger Games. So just like Katniss, Artemis Um, is depicted in Greek mythology as being young, being an independent girl that's never been interested in dating, and who also carries a bow and arrow. So I'm going to tell you a few of Artemis' stories today, and we'll even talk a little bit about Hindu mythology as well. Okay, so first, let's start with the story of Artemis' birth. So Artemis was the daughter of Leto and Zeus. Hera, who's Zeus's, hus- uh, Zeus's wife, got super angry with Zeus um, that he had got it on with Leto. So she was so mad that Hera banished Leto to a remote island, so she had to give birth all alone. Artemis was born first, and her twin brother was born a day after. And in true goddess fashion, she grew up fast enough to help her mother deliver her baby, uh, her brother Apollo, the next day. So this happened as her mom was crossing a strait, and um, she was crossing that strait and gave birth to Apollo, and Artemis assisted in the birth. It's unclear if she was a doula or a midwife in this situation. So... In ancient Greece, Artemis was revered as a goddess of children, women in childbirth, and a helper of midwives. She was also depicted as being young. So this story of Artemis growing up and assisting as a doula or midwife is a pretty good symbol of of how women who identify with this Artemis archetype wind up helping other people. Uh, They might be drawn to doula work or midwifery and they're definitely proponents of protecting children and being a a force in that way so protecting others and uh, doing it with great passion so when it when it was time for artemis to finally meet her father zeus when she was older he doted on her and asked her what she wanted so her wishes were to have nymph friends to hang out with to have a set of hunting dogs, and to be an eternal virgin. So as mothers, we play this role when we're independent. So 
we're not literally virginal. Um, instead, uh, we are untethered to anyone and we're self-sufficient. So perhaps a mom that works full-time and is the sole breadwinner of the family, she may resonate with that part of Artemis. Or maybe a stay-at-home mom that's really good at carving time out for her own self-care, or maybe who wants to be. It's that independent piece that is an important part of the Artemis archetype. So Artemis was very protective of her virginity as well. So at one point, she was bathing in the forest with her nymph friends, and a man was watching them. Artemis discovered him, and she was furious, and she, with her godly power, turned him into a stag. Then her anger exploded, and she set her hounds on him to his demise. So as a huntress or warrior, Artemis tends to go overboard when she's passionate about something. On one side, her passion can lead her to be driven and focused and to exact change. And on the other side, this passion can bubble over into rage and she can wind up hurting people she didn't mean to. So in this warrior role, her temper can get inflamed and she and we can see explosions because of it. So women who identify with Artemis can see this trait in themselves. And honestly, I've been dragging my feet on putting this podcast episode together because it's a lifelong journey for me to accept the warrior part of myself. That's a very loud part of me. And um, putting this episode together meant I had to spend some time thinking about that, which I was dragging my feet on. Um, And I've spent quite a bit of time in that orphan archetype like we talked about in the last episode and find that it's a very comfortable place for me to be in the warrior archetype. It's a very natural place for me. Um, And I see this with a lot of other people as well. So if there's any, if you can hear any bias coming out in this episode, it's really me working on accepting myself. So take that uh, with a grain of salt as you, as we're discussing the warrior archetype because um, a lot of this is me learning to accept the positive parts of the warrior archetype because I often see it as a bad thing in myself. Um, And I'm sure I'm not the only one who identifies with the warrior archetype and feels like people have told them for much of their life that their passion can be inconvenient for other people. So, um, like I said, I had spent a lot of time in the orphan archetype and now I find it very comfortable to be in the warrior archetype. And I see that happen a lot with other people. So if we naturally sit in that orphan archetype and then when we finally stand up and declare it's time to change, we often jump into that warrior archetype and fight, 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 fight in order to no longer be an orphan. So I think I've also spent a lot of time believing that the warrior is bad. And a good way to understand this is Katniss from the Hunger Games. And she's not exactly the most cuddly, lovable character. She can be ruthless. 
but it's all driven by her higher purpose of like she's willing to kill in the Hunger Games so that she can save her family. So I think uh, the way this warrior, warrior archetype is often seen by someone as uh, they see it and they say, okay, okay, that's enough. Sit down, you're getting a little too passionate there. And um, I think that's what often happens. So Artemis sicking the hounds and thus killing that peeping Tom may have been a little extreme of a punishment for him. And this is part of Artemis's character. So in another Greek myth, a mortal named Niobe, and forgive me if I'm saying the names wrong, so she had more children than Artemis's mom. And Niobe bragged to Artemis's mother about it, kind of rubbed it in her face, telling her that she had more kids and, and said that that made her better than Artemis's mom. Um, and Apollo heard about this conversation between their mom and Niobe, and she was, yeah, Apollo was furious. And so he ran and he told Artemis, and the twin gods hunted down each of Niobe's children and killed them. And Apollo killed all the male kids, and Artemis killed all the girls. So Artemis's anger exploding into rage and taking things a little too far is part of her character. So as mothers, we may be able to relate to Artemis, to Artemis sicking the hounds on someone or slaughtering a group because they hurt or insulted someone we love, or maybe, we, maybe that someone that got hurt was ourselves. Um, so now one of the positive parts of, uh, of this aspect of Artemis and the warrior archetype is that when we see something that isn't right, we go and fix it. And that's, um, when we see that something is not going the way that it should, we buckle down and change it. So this is kind of what happened to me when, my son got bit at daycare. So the first time it happened, the teacher told me and I was like, hey, it's okay, you know, kids are kids, it happens. And then it happened a second time and I was livid. I did not know that part of me was gonna come out in that moment and I didn't go as far as Artemis, obviously. (laughs) But I was really, really angry and I wanted to know what they were doing to prevent it. Like, was it the same kid that bit him last time? Like, what is going on here? And I left the daycare without resolving any of of it. And I just felt so angry, like having that adrenaline pump through my veins. And um, we're going to talk more about this kind of fiery rage that's part of the Artemis archetype in a moment. But first, you may see this part of Artemis come out in different settings as well. And I think for me, it most often comes out when I go into mama bear mode. So something that's interesting is that the bear is actually tied to Artemis. Uh, the young girls who would worship Artemis and were like pledged to her um, in ancient Greece, they were called baby bears in Greek. And... Uh, there's a Greek story about Atalanta, who is definitely an Artemis-type character. Uh, she has so many parallels and similarities to Artemis. Like, she even has a twin brother and that they, like, go into battle together and um, so many similarities there. So, 
Atalanta is the main character in the story of the foot race and the golden apple, if that story rings a bell to you. Um, So in the beginning of that story, Atalanta is born to a king who was unfortunately expecting a boy. And so he ordered that the girl be left in the mountains to die. And it's said that Artemis sent a bear to protect Atalanta. So Atalanta wound up being raised by a mother bear alongside sibling bear cubs. So when we think mother bear, we all have an image come to mind. And maybe that's um, a mom about to take someone down in order to save her baby. Or maybe you've seen a determined and intimidating, intense look in the eyes of a mama and thought, oh my gosh, mama bear. And that protective aspect of Artemis is symbolized in her connection to the bear. So this is similar to how Artemis protected her mom from Niobe and how she protected herself from that peeping Tom. A mama bear will do anything to protect her babies in the wild. So when that mother bear in the wild went, she fiercely protects them. And at some point, she also gives them independence though. So it's the practice of bears um, that they will regularly help their young to climb trees. And then one day when the mother bear decides that the kid is old enough to be a grown-up, she just leaves them in the tree and voila, they are now adults, totally on their own. So that combination of the fierce protection plus enabling independence for kids is an important part of Artemis's character as well. And as mothers, we see that in our own lives. Often when we compare parenting to parenting an infant who definitely needs that constant care, to parenting an older child who maybe um, needs some help in being more uh, independent. Another piece of Artemis's fierce bear aspect is the draw to feminism. So many women like me who see that Artemis archetype inside them are also drawn to feminism and righting societal wrongs. So kind of like a mama bear, but just for women in general instead of mama bear for their kids. So Artemis's warrior nature will drive women forward for a specific purpose um, for which she'll totally become unstoppable. And an Artemis woman is a force to be reckoned with. This is kind of different from Demeter, who a Demeter woman who kind of can have a hard time um, reconciling some aspects of feminism in their own life. So... With this equally fierce, loving, and protective bear, let's go back again and look at the fierceness of Artemis. So it's a lot like Kali in Hindu mythology. So in the story of Kali in Hindu mythology, the goddess Ambika is in battle, and all of these goddesses go by multiple names. So if you look up these stories, they might have different names in the story you find. So every time Ambika's um, opponent got injured and dripped blood, that little drop of blood would turn into a replica of him. So every time Ambika would, you know, move a little bit forward in this battle, a bunch of 
new opponents would spring up. So she became surrounded by her enemies and she was afraid that she was going to fail. So she summoned the goddess Kali. And Kali comes and saves the day. And I won't go into what she does because it's kind of gruesome. Um, and after defeating the army, Kali gets a little carried away and goes into a rage. And there are two different endings to this story that I've heard. So one is that Ambika gets a little nervous. So she calls up Kali's um, husband, Shiva. And Shiva comes down and lays at the feet of Kali uh, to get her to calm down. Kali sees him there, gains a level head, all is well. This is why Kali is often depicted as standing on top of Shiva. So the alternate ending I've heard is that Kali gets so carried away in her rage and righteous indignation that she accidentally kills her husband, Shiva. So that fiery rage is the one we see in Artemis, though in Kali it's often a little more exaggerated. Um, If you look up pictures of Kali, she's depicted as holding holding a head by its hair and then wearing a necklace of human heads and um and then on top of that you know we're looking at two different versions of the story and one version of the story is that she full-on kills her husband because she gets so carried away so as artemis women we might be able to relate to this especially the story of um a husband getting caught in the crossfire or a partner getting caught in the crossfire so um we can take things too far sometimes as Artemis women and just like these two goddess characters. So, and maybe that means like unnecessarily burning bridges in a feminist cause, or maybe that's yelling at our kids. So the moral of Kali's story um, and one that Artemis women can benefit from is to definitely use that power and fire within, but to not get carried away or go too far. So you can see the passion and fierceness that Artemis Artemis brings as a warrior. So after taking after talking about Demeter last episode, um, who easily falls into the orphan ty- archetype, you can see how someone who has spent a lot of time feeling helpless can easily take up the orphan, uh, the warrior archetype like Artemis. She has been in that depressed, lonely victim state, and she does not want to go back there again. So what does she do? She fights, and she fights, and she fights, and when she wins that battle, she goes and finds another battle to fight so that she won't be that victim anymore. And there are a lot of pros to the warrior archetype. You are, uh, you work hard, you get what you want, uh, you get what uh, what you believe is right, It means you're resourceful, dedicated, devoted, courageous, protective, and you tend to have healthy boundaries, something that the orphan archetype does not have. You're secure, empowered, and connected to your inner strength. The downside, though, is that you can get, uh, it can get out of hand, like Kali or many of Artemis' stories, and virtually innocent people can get hurt. And an Artemis woman can also be aloof or emotionally unavailable. So I think this false binary I see of either orphan or warrior is depicted really well in stories that involve princesses. So it's this helpless princess that's been captured by some evil stepmother. 
and she's placed in a tower protected by a dragon she's stuck there totally helpless and then the prince comes and he slays the dragon and he rescues the princess so sometimes we think like oh well my two options in life are to either be the princess or the prince and which one do i want to be like of course i want to take control of my life or i've been the princess too long i want to i want to slay that dragon i want to just move on and one of the things that happens when we stay in that warrior archetype for too long is you fight and you fight and you fight and then you've killed the dragon and what do you do all you know how to do is fight so you resuscitate the dragon and you fight it again fight it again fight again and then once you defeated it you resuscitate it again and you fight and fight and fight so my point here is that as we step step out of that archetype and maybe find ourselves as warriors i want to suggest that yes it's okay to stay in those places also it's okay to be something other than an orphan or a warrior. There's other options besides those two. And some of you may be listening to this and thinking, what is she talking about? I don't do that. Maybe you don't. And the thing is there are a lot of people out there who do. And I'm one of them. I know plenty of other people who are as well. And I think, okay, I can either fight this or I can lay down and surrender. The thing is that there's other options out there. So what's helpful is that you can use a warrior or an orphan to propel you to the next step. And it's okay to be in both of these archetypes. It's all about developing multiple archetypes so that we can be balanced and happy. So, um, like I said, that warrior archetype can be so powerful for us. It's really useful. If we stay there too long, though, we can get burnt out and we don't want to do that. So... Um, in order to help you develop more of these archetypes, um, so that you can be more healthy and balanced, um, as well as understand your own identity a little bit more and your own, uh, patterns and habits, we have a free self-paced archetype course on our website where you can learn more about archetypes and use them to understand your identity during matrescence. So we recently taught this class live um, with um, our instructor being Hannah O'Hamill. And that was, uh, the live class had the intention of understanding the divine feminine through archetypes and we went through a ton of them. So now we've made it available uh, for free on our website for you. Um, It's complete with handouts for you to dig into. So if you just visit hereandnowmotherhood.org slash archetype, and you can start the course now. So um, our instructor, Hannah O'Hamill, is super insightful and very knowledgeable on this topic. So um, I'm excited for you to use this in your journey in matrescence, for you to help yourself understand um, your identity, which is new and changing. So again, that website is hereandnowmotherhood.org slash A-R-C-H-E-T-Y-P-E archetype and i'll put the link in the bio as well so join us next time we're going to continue breaking down matrescence and learning about how to navigate all the changes that come with it thank you for joining us today until next time this has been here and now motherhood podcast 